Hey everyone and welcome to the Sunny Go One Piece podcast. On this episode we're going to be talking about anime episodes 217 through 219 which will be covering manga chapters 313 through 318. And here we finally get to the main event of the Davy Back fight. The boxing match of the century between the split head Foxy and the Afro Luffy. On to the synopsis. It's the final grudge match of the Davy Back fight. The boxing match of the century, Straw Hat Luffy versus Silver Fox, Foxy. We see Luffy face off against Foxy for the right to claim each other's entire crew in a winner-take-all matchup. So the difference is, obviously coming off the filler instead of gaining Chopper back from winning the Groggy Ring game, they lose Chopper instead from losing the Red Light Green Light game. Also, as a result of this, Nami then has to create a deal to wager the entire crew to get both Robin and Chopper back at the same time. This also in turn creates all those scenes with Chopper and Robin in the Foxy masks and apart from the rest of the crew, whereas in the manga, they're all sitting together. Also, because this doesn't take place right after the Groggy Ring, there aren't any scenes where Chopper is treating Zoro and Sanji for their wounds sustained in the Groggy Ring match. Another odd change is in the dressing room scene, that scene is slightly longer with Usopp putting the afro actually on instead of just like shaking excitedly at it and Luffy getting super excited about it as well saying how cool that was and the speech that Usopp actually gives Luffy about the power of the afro as they're walking down the hall to the battlefield actually takes place in the dressing room in that very same scene in the manga with Usopp actually wearing the afro in front of Luffy as he's giving the speech. Also during the Gorilla Puncher 13 scene, Luffy remembers how the Noronoro beam bounces off that fisherman's blade fins which obviously does not occur in the manga. And then when Luffy ultimately wins, there isn't a whole hubbub of taking 500 members. Instead in the manga, all he asks for is their pirate flag. And then after giving the flag to Tonji, instead of his grandson coming out of nowhere on a long mole and taking him to join their tribe, Tonji actually makes it back to his people in a completely different way in the manga that I can't really talk about without spoiling things, so we'll save that for another time. Alrighty, so my thoughts. The episode begins with Chopper being stolen again, so now in order to get them back, they need to engage in another set of games, but with Foxy unwilling to play another set, Nami comes up with a deal to bet each other's entire crew on the last game. Obviously, this change needed to happen to make everything even again. You'd think this would set the stakes up even higher than the manga, but it really doesn't because there's nothing that sort of acknowledges this fact since it's obvious that it's not in the dialogue since this doesn't happen in the manga, so there's really no tension that's built because of this. And then we find out that the final game is a boxing match between the captains, which is a cool idea, and we finally get to the real final game thankfully after those awful filler ones. With Usopp as Luffy's corner man, they prepare and gear up for the match with a wide variety of costumes and accessories, but there's one thing that Usopp is overtaken by which appears to be an afro. Luffy comes out donning that awesome afro that everyone but Nami and Zoro kind of finds awesome. But the hilarious part about all this is that to those that believe in the afro, it's like elevated to some sacred status that holds an almost supernatural quality. It's easily my favorite aspect of this whole match and it's just another one of those random quirks that Oda throws in there and, and a, the way it's played almost straight by everyone except for like Nami and Zoro makes it even more funny. Something I have to mention though and it's another kind of story problem that's introduced here by having this sort of swap of the crews 
is that Foxy here brags about how his crew has so many world-class shipwrights, yet when Luffy ultimately wins and gets all the Foxy pirates, including those shipwrights, it begs the question, why didn't anyone in the Straw Hats think to have them take a crack at repairing the Mary and let them all go afterwards? Seems kind of dumb, but this is what happens when random elements like this are introduced without really thinking it through. Anyways, the match begins with Luffy completely off balance and one-sided as he falls into Foxy's Noronoro traps one after the other. Although most of Foxy's attacks don't really do anything to Luffy, he's almost incapable of catching Foxy to actually land an attack and just sort of takes slow chip damage little by little. Eventually Usopp rejoins the crew in the stands and shows up still talking with his weird American accent which is hilarious to me and even Sanji is like, what are you referencing here? We then see that Luffy manages to avoid the barrage of explosions explosive traps by escaping to the crow's nest, and Foxy actually smartly uses his ridiculous but unique silhouette to his advantage but then gives himself away with his sensitivity to insults, and this is where that sensitivity actually comes into play that they've been setting up this entire arc, but it's still nonetheless annoying. I, I, like I said, I don't really like this joke. Once Luffy is in the ship itself and Foxy is just doing ridiculous things to trick Luffy, this is pretty funny, but before that, I love that bit where Luffy falls through the trap door with Foxy mocking him saying, you fell for it because you were too busy looking up, and then Luffy snaps back because you told me to look up. It's pretty, I don't know why that, but that's a really funny joke for some reason to me. Eventually, Foxy lures Luffy inside the ship where he has a variety of traps laid for Luffy, including a portion where he runs around to various rooms and dresses in these horrible disguises that should fool no one, but Luffy being Luffy falls for every single one of them. I mean, these are the most hideous looking disguises. Foxy already looks weird to begin with, but added on top of these, if just these disproportionate eyes and heads is just unbelievably absurd and funny. I mean, even when it makes you think Luffy has finally put it together, and he still thinks it's his sister or something, and it's only undone again by Foxy's sensitivity to insults, but both both the infirmary and the kitchen scenes just m make me laugh so hard each time. Luffy then gets lured into another trap where he has to face off against a moving wall-like contraption with a bunch of boxing gloves that light up. The name Gorilla Puncher 13 is so unnecessary as it doesn't look anything like a gorilla at all. But then Luffy comes out of nowhere to point out that it doesn't even need a gorilla head. But that's about the extent of this scene that I like about it because this part is super lame and unimaginative and it's not a filler. We've seen Luffy destroy entire buildings. You'd think he'd be able to destroy this thing in one punch or kick. Luffy does smartly break the, the mirror behind him but it's not enough as he takes a bunch of flaming punches and gets knocked down. We then get a scene of everyone making a big deal of the afro and Nami not getting it. And again, these afro scenes are just, I don't know why, they're so stupid yet so funny to me. I, I just love these like absurdist type humor. But after a bit, Foxy then emerges with Luffy badly burned and knocked down, but Luffy manages to wake back up in time. Again, I find this a little absurd how effective Luffy is is when he's taken way more damage from enemies in the past. Foxy traps Luffy with a new ability slowing his limbs and leaving him defenseless to a rush of punches, but Luffy gets back up again. And this continues over and over with Luffy continuously getting back up, with the crowd beginning to get behind Luffy and his 
inspiring will to continue to get back and, and fight. And I love how everyone attributes Luffy's will to get back to the Afro power and the brotherly soul. Like I said, this has to be one of my all-time favorite gags in the series. It's so damn absurdist and funny. Then we get another classic One Piece moment with Luffy screaming that he won't let him take his nakama over his dead body. And this scene had more emphasis than the manga, I feel like. It didn't have like the right direction that it should have, you know, that it should have. It should have been way more of a flourish and far more emphasis put into it. In the manga, he looks absolutely desperate and fired up at the same time. And I just don't get that sense from the anime here. It's still a good scene though. But regardless, I know we're supposed to feel emotion and be moved by Luffy's determination because of how much of a beating he's taken to this point, you know, where he's being cheered on by his rivals, you know, the foxy pirates as well. But honestly, this moment kind of rings hollow for me personally. As I mentioned earlier, we've seen Luffy take far more of a beating against like Crocodile or NL to the point where he's been like stabbed and impaled by them. And, you know, it's just, he, he gets gravely wounded, yet, and yet he still is able to fight. Yet we're supposed to believe that Luffy would at all be affected by any of these attacks and lose stamina this fast against an opponent like Foxy? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. However, that being said, I do really like the finale to this match, as, again, we get to see that the genius side of Luffy in terms of fighting prowess as he discovers a shard of mirror in his afro and uses that to reflect the Noronoro beam back at Foxy freezing him in place letting Luffy display a new finisher the Gomu Gomu no Flail and launching Foxy in a very very satisfying way finally putting an end to this Davy back fight. And I also love that in a way the afro power is what really secured the victory for Luffy as because of the afro the mirror shard got stuck and later revealed itself to Luffy allowing him to come up with the winning strategy. Usopp, Sanji, and Luffy were right to revere the afro power and and that's the thing I love about this. It's just like it actually was the deciding factor in this match. And I have to say this is still again one of my favorite gags and I even mention it in real life anytime an afro comes up in conversation. With the fight over, Foxy comes over to concede but then tries to get one last pot shot in but fails trying to flip Luffy but ends up giving himself a concussion by slamming his own head in the ground. And since Luffy's arm just stretches with the rest of his body just sitting in place. Also, can we just take a minute to call out the 920 straight wins? I mean, they've been doing this for a long time and that many times that they never once ran into any other more fearsome pirate crews. It seems a little far-fetched to me. Like seriously, I can't imagine someone like Arlong's crew or some other more fearsome pirates like even Shanks not ever crossing paths with Foxy and not just obliterating them or just straight up killing them. But again, that's just a weird nitpick I have. Anyways, Luffy now gets to choose which Foxy members he wants and of course he chooses Robin and Chopper first. As for the other 498 picks, he first uses it to take their flag. As mentioned in the differences section, this is originally the only thing he took in the final round since Zoro and Sanji had already won back Chopper in the Groggy Ring game and they never lost Robin to begin with. Being the nice guy Luffy is though, he takes only their flag and the symbol but not their mast and offers to cut the symbol up so that they can at least keep sailing and survive on the main sail. This is an emotional moment for the Foxy crew until Luffy displays his artistic skills yet again. And again, I'm gonna, I, I always love anytime Luffy has to draw anything because. <laughs> 
the drawings are so bad. It's it's it literally is the ugliest and poorly most poorly drawn fox. And just straight up, he just writes kitsune above it, which is just fox in Japanese. <laughs> it doesn't even really look like a fox either. It looks more like a ferret. It's it's so stupid yet funny. Anyways, Luffy takes the remaining 497 members and then disbands them all and lets them all do whatever they want, and unexpectedly, they all return to Foxy. We then see Luffy's actual intentions for taking the debut back fight to begin with as he gives the flag back to Tonji, and it's revealed that Luffy took the challenge for the debut back fight to get back at Foxy and fight for Tonji's pride on his behalf. We then get this really random and tacked on conclusion to Tonji's story where we see his grandson show up on on a big ass mole and robin points out that they could probably dig and travel underground to the to their tribe and meet up with the people and this has got to be the most random and laziest conclusion and it feels so out of place because it is so in the manga this isn't even where the long ring long land arc ends and there's a whole other section to it but i can't talk about it without spoiling stuff because those events do take place but on a separate island after the next couple are filler arcs but the original conclusion to this arc is incredible and again relates back to the overall theme of this island's arc which is again luffy's ability to protect his crew and the way toy splits it up for fillers completely ruins that thematic connection between the debut back fight and what's about to happen towards the end of the long ring long land arc and so it feels really disjointed because there's no actual conclusion or consequence to all of this and so yeah it feels definitely awkward and that's the reason why but yeah while not as good as the groggy ring match this boxing match had a lot of emotional moments and hilarious gags mainly the afro but ultimately it like the rest of the davy back fight the arc as a whole was severely hindered by the filler material being injected into the story but yeah you know it's unfortunate anyways the next podcast will be taking a look at the five-part oceans dream filler arc thankfully this is actually split off from the entire story and it's actually kind of entertaining but yeah look forward to that but anyways if you did enjoy this send me a like or a comment and if you want to join me on this journey of rewatching one piece please consider subscribing check out my instagram and twitter account at sunny go podcast if you want updates of when i post new episodes or see some pictures of my manga collection please check those out now i could talk about the spoilers that i mentioned however since i will be talking about all of that pretty extensively in just a couple more podcasts i'm just gonna leave it out because really there's not really much to say without talking about the episodes in general. So we'll just leave that for when I actually cover them in just a few more episodes. But yeah, as always, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye.